This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined by the lone member of the Glory Kickboxing mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. The first member and the lone member, Bazooka that's Joe it. Valtellini. There's only one. That's, that's the, your new thing. The most you're, important. You're it. Yeah, there's only one. <laughs> it only, it's all it needs. The most important Zen. Now we can shut down the Hall of Fame. It's done. Yeah, in go. boxing we had, uh, there's only one, uh, what, what was the boxer that used that? Um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, it's early in the morning. There's the only guy. one. I'm not too sure, I know there, I knew a, a fighter in glory that um, it only takes one. Well, there's, in, in MMA there, they used to chant, there's only one Conor McGregor in boxing. I don't know why I'm forgetting the guy's name. Uh, British boxer, very famous, not Tyson Fury, but uh, I don't know. Either way, I'll figure it out at some point. I'll, it'll come to me. But... Uh, Anyhow, only one, Joe Valtellini. You can take That's it for it. kickboxing because you're the only yeah. Hall of Fame member. I'm going to take it. I'm going right. to take it, and I'm going to run with it forever. Well, we have perhaps the, the best back-to-back weeks of the year in, in uh, the UFC mm-hmm. right now. Glover Teixeira, 42 My years guy. of age, wins the light heavyweight championship. And hate to say I told you so, but... Yep. That was one of my picks. Was Glover by submission, and he it happens did. in the second round. And what money did you get it at? What was it? Plus seven fifty. Beautiful. And the and yep. I took a money line too, plus plus two forty five. Well, I mean, deserved it. I mean, couldn't have happened to a nicer person. And at thirty six now, I'm like, man, what am I doing? I was like, I still got another six years. I could be Glover. Yeah. You know, I mean, geez. I you mean, have the same level of commitment. You're, you're in the gym every yeah. single day. You've got your routine. Seriously. Man, it was uh, definitely beautiful to see. I like it because of his nice personality. And I think what I've heard from it, it's just everyone says the same thing about him. Couldn't have happened to a nicer person, a good role model for the sport, someone who went through so much to get to the title, someone who never gave up. Um, I haven't heard one bad thing ever spoken about that man. So congratulations. Well done. I'm sure Jan Vlahovic has the same reputation. Seems like a really stand-up guy. Um... But, you know, one, one must fall in this sport. And uh, it, it ended up being Jan Blahovic, who I'm sure will, will stick around in that division. There's a lot of uh, good fighters right now coming up at light heavyweight for, uh, for a change. One of whom is Magomed Ankalaev. We'll get to a little bit later on. But mm-hmm. uh, Teixeira just looking great. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who he faces next. Uh, all signs right now pointing to Yuri Prohashka. And that's an interesting matchup because I think on the feet, Yuri is going to do what a lot of people do to Glover. Hurt him. But then Glover, yeah. once he gets hurt, enters beast mode. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he can get Yuri Prokashka to the ground, he has as good a chance as anybody to win. I almost think it's like a great fight for Glover. I mean, you got to think an unorthodox striker versus a very strong, durable grappler. That's a nightmare. So, I mean, I think he's in good shape. I just think a lot of people maybe with Glover think, oh, at 42, he's just going to win and that's it. That's good enough. I, I could see him defending it a few times as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, you talk about unorthodox strikers. Who's Glover Teixeira training with every single day? Alex Pereira, mm-hmm. who he's yep. going to be cornering, by the way, this weekend in New York. Oh, he's, he's going. Up. Nice. Yeah. Quick turnaround for Glover. Beautiful. I'm sure now that's the those are the fight trips you want. You fighting in them. You don't get to enjoy them. But when you get to eat everything during fight week and just chill and talk to people more relaxed, that's where he'll probably get the most satisfaction of his title. Everyone congratulating him. He can relax, share drinks with everybody. I think that'll be his real celebration now. Yeah, well, Glover's happy that he gets to uh, to get hammered again. I know that yeah. I'm speaking to him. He's very excited about the other uh, party. Seeing him in Amsterdam, getting to share a beverage with him, and just that was a, honestly a great moment for me. Just to, now to say that I got to hang out and kind of 
celebrate a post-glory event with him is just uh, something cool for me. Did you hear my interview with him last uh, week or see that clip that I posted? I did not. Which one? So uh, I asked him about how, you know, how he likes to drink. You know, he likes to party uh, or like, you know, he likes to drink uh, liquor when he's not in camp. And he goes, I haven't had a single drink since I fought Thiago Mejeda. He's like, uh, well, you know, every now and then I'll have a couple glasses of wine at night or yeah. a beer or two, but I haven't had yeah, a single yeah. drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he just means hard liquor. Yeah, we, we maybe had a beer in Amsterdam, but who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. That, leave that to him to share. Yeah, well. Hey, I mean, if he's lying, it doesn't make a difference. He won the title. He doesn't doesn't <laughs> need a, it. An, an, an escape valve anymore. No, but love <laughs> it. I absolutely love how he did it too. So and it great. was one way traffic. I mean, he wasn't any in any real trouble in that fight. Nothing. You know, Jan landed a couple good shots here and there, but uh, you know, Glover had that that can opener looked really painful at the end of the first round. Just um, he, I don't. I would. He's probably one of the the least person you want on top of you i mean the mm-hmm. way he pressures you the way pressure. how heavy he is like he's probably heavier than most heavyweights the way he uses his body to just be heavy on you it's scary you ain't getting you're not getting out of that bottom position on him that's for just sure so old school too like he just uses yeah. these old school techniques like the can opener not a lot of people use the can opener anymore yeah but it's yeah. a very old school technique and he just because people don't use it much anymore people don't train for it right so yeah. like if, he, if he's got you if he's using the can opener it's probably painful for young Boha, but you saw how quickly he tapped once uh, yeah, Glover had it under his chin. Me. He was in the mid- He was tapping before it was locked in. Now, did you like a lot of people saying? Did Jan look a little flat to you that night? Did he look? He didn't look like he had the killer instinct that he had in some of his other fights. Like no. I mean, he was a little bit more vicious fight week before. He just seemed a little bit too relaxed this week for me. Well, maybe he said that he left his legendary Polish power at the hotel room, but I mean, he, you know, Glover always has the legendary Brazilian uh, grappling, right? So I mean. This is the thing with Jan Bojovic. He looked great against Dominic Reyes. Like you said, had the killer instinct. But in this sport, matchups are everything. He looked great against Israel. And I mean, yeah. Jan has a lot of uh, experience with stand-up fighting. And, uh, you know, he had a huge size advantage over Israel. And when he took Israel down, Israel had nowhere to go. But when you look at the matchups, that's what's important in MMA. And we talk about this all the time. It doesn't matter who's beaten who and who's, you know, who's fought who and blah, blah, blah. It's strictly, this is a matchup-based sport. And when you look at the matchups, and, and I would say the same thing for Jan versus Sandhagen. Jan versus Sandhagen is a terrible matchup for Sandhagen. And I, and I, I pick Sandhagen in almost every single fight that he's been in because I know how mm. good he is. I did not pick him in this fight, even though he was yeah. a sizable underdog, because I knew the matchup was not conducive to him winning that fight. Not to mention yeah. the short notice, but this is a, a matchup-based sport. And even Makhachev versus Hooker, matchups are everything yeah. in this sport. Yeah. I mean, what, what surprised me was Jan, again going back to how great Glover's pressure and his grappling is. But with that, I mean, it wasn't even fully locked in. It seemed like the rear naked choke, you know, like, I mean, it just, it just shows either one, how dominant, like, you know, Glover is or Jan, I don't know, like fight it a little bit. Go, let me see you go half out a little bit, then go. It just seemed too quick, too fast. Uh, maybe he just felt something we didn't feel, but, uh, I'm just someone who believes in, this is a world title fight. You kind of go a little bit more, you know, like it just seemed too easy to, to get out of that fight. And I mean, I think that's one of the tough things about fighting Glover too, is that he's just, he's very disarming. He's just a good guy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that there's not going to be any hostility going into the fight unless you manufacture it. And, uh, you know, you even talk about Anthony Smith, like Anthony Smith said, uh, when he fought Glover, like when when Anthony Smith was in the UFC, I think before he got released and came back, 
he was in Brazil and he told the story about how he was in Brazil and he was lost at the airport and just like we just didn't know what was going on and Glover saw him and like helped him Glover helped him get to like yeah, navigate sure. through the airport and like just yeah. have this great experience with Glover and then he ends up fighting Glover and Glover like annihilates him in that fight yeah, yeah. you know like Jason Herzog didn't stop it because Anthony Smith is a gamer he was moving and I, sure. I get it like it, that's kind of a judgment call I, I will never rip Jason Herzog who I think is probably the best referee we have right now in this sport but uh, I, I, you know, I just think that Glover is very disarming. People like the guy. Yeah, I mean, hey, like I said, I wasn't in that bottom position. His arm wasn't wrapped around my neck. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just someone who felt like he kind of went out a little too easy for me. My liking. Yeah, for I, a world title. I think it would have been great to see Glover retire after a win like that because this is like this is the the apex of where he's going to get in his career. Right, like <laughs> winning at forty two, not going to get any better. But he loves the sport. He wants to continue to compete. I'm not going to. Nobody's forcing him out the door. I'd love to see him defend the title. It's just, I just don't think there's a much better moment than that for him. I think if you've already stayed in the games to the age of forty two. To go out now after winning, I think we'll see him a couple more times. I think yeah. he's one of those crazy Brazilians like Anderson Silva, Machida, all of these older guys who will stay in. But I guess Machida's what? Not even 40 yet? And we still think maybe 40 I around think there. by now, yeah. But uh, I think he's going to be one of those Belforts that just stick around the game for a while. I just think he has those types of genes and genetics. Do you know that like Shogun Hua and I are like the same age? That's, that, that always weirds me out because it feels like he's been around forever too. Really? Know who that? Know who gets me with that? Me and Bader Hari being the same age. No, Bader Hari is like, the same age. Like, oh, how are we the surprised. same age? How? I, I'm like, how is Bader Hari? And, like, I'm sitting with him. Like, how is he the same age as me? He seems like he's 20 years older. He must than have had me. like 70 no fights clue. before you debuted. Yeah, I don't even know. He started his pro at 17 years old, like in the K1 days. But I'm like, how is Bader the same age as me? Like, I don't understand. Like. Crazy to me. Yeah, that well, weird. It's yeah. That, the, the other one that weirds me out is that Francis Ngannou is older than Jose Aldo. Like, that one always messes with me, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how Triyan, old is Nagano? How old is uh, Nagano? Ngannou? I think he's like 34. 32. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Piotr Jan, speaking of uh, Jose Aldo, who has beaten Jose Aldo in the past, uh, defeats Corey Sanhagen 49-46 on all cards. I had it scored the same way. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, his, his nickname is no, no Mercy, but I've got a better nickname for him. You want to hear, Let's it? hear it? Let's go. Piotr the Computer Jan. Computer. Because the guy just downloads information throughout the fight. He he puts it into his system and he utilizes it to destroy you. He's a computer. Yeah, I, Computer I, Jan. I know who gets a lot of that similar um, kind of nickname is uh, Lomachenko gets that for oh, right. his yeah. IQ, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's uh, he's what the robot or something robot. Yeah, that's what Piotr Jan is basically. Like he's, yeah. I think in terms of MMA, I don't think I've seen somebody who makes adjustments as well as this guy. He just knows. And, and another guy that does that, you mentioned Lomachenko. Like Mayweather was kind of the same thing too. Like Mayweather during a fight would, uh, and I think Luke Thomas made this comparison. So I, I don't mean to, to you know, I'll, I'll cite him for it. But that's another good comparison. It's just a guy yeah. that early on will kind of give you a round or two, and then he'll he'll you know just pick you apart. Yeah. Well, I'm um was I impressed with the fight? Yes, I enjoyed it. But I don't know I'm not with everyone sitting here saying that Peter Yan is the greatest bantamweight ever. He's the might be the best. Like I think he's getting a lot of amazing praise and I think he deserves it, but to get the bazooka recognition, he needs a little bit more for me to be honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and talk about him being the greatest sh- striker, the greatest mixed martial artist. I think he's got a lot of 
well-deserved praise, but I think we need to pump the brakes on how big of a pedestal we're putting okay, them on. Who's going to beat this guy at bantamweight right now? Like, I, I don't see anybody that I think is going to really challenge him. I, I mean, I'd be interested to see the Dillashaw fight, but I think that Jan beats him. Uh, yeah, I think me that too. We saw how the Jan Sterling fight was going, and I'll give Sterling a shot. I think Sterling is a, is a really good fighter, and maybe he, he's going to bring a different game plan to the table. I, I'm eager to see how that goes, but I just don't know who's going to beat this guy. Yeah, like I mean, you did great. Don't get me wrong, but the adjustments made him that much better. I feel, you know, the fact that he adjusted, that he can pressure. Um, I feel, you know, his ability to defend the takedown was good. I mean, I think it was a little bit of Sanhagen not finishing through with the takedown could have been a little well, bit better. But I'd l- I'm I'm eager to see what Sanhagen's takedown percentage is. It's probably very low. Yeah, but I'm saying Peter Jan's getting all this extra credit for amazing takedown defense when, like I said, he did great. I'm not hating on the guy, but, I mean, if I'm going to sit here and call someone one of the greatest in mixed martial arts right now, I need to be blown out of the water. And I was impressed, but not overly blown. Okay. Well, uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Well, let's see. His takedown accuracy, 33% actually. That's better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Like, it's not great, but I mean, 33 A lot of foot is... trips and sweeps probably yeah, yeah. being the taller style. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do hope that Sanhagen is able to get back to a title fight at some point in time. I just think he's a, an uber-talented fighter. And, you know, losing to Piotr Jan on short notice is not uh, something that I, I would particularly hold against him. Sadly, he's 2-3 and three in his last five as a result of this. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But great fight. I mean, if you look at it from a technical standpoint, the way Sanhagen was moving, angling, stand-switching, hand-pinning, you know, hand-fighting, staying long, picking shots where Jan had to work his way in intelligently inside, changing levels. Like, I just thought it was a, a great technical fight for sure. But you're right. I mean, nice. you look at what Sterling did to Sanhagen, blowing yeah. him out in the first round. Like, this wasn't that. This was a close fight. Yeah. I mean... Like I said, Peter Jan, I think we're going to see amazing things from him. I think he'll stay the bantamweight champ, but if he's going to get some goat pound for pound, I think he's just got to keep performing the way he does on a consistent basis. Islam Makhachev defeats Dan Hooker, and the fight I need to see now is Islam Makhachev versus Charles Oliveira. Like, even if Oliveira loses the title, I got to see, like, just that matchup and see how Oliveira does against the guy like this. It's got to come eventually. It's got to come. That's Because we we didn't get Khabib versus Oliveira. Years ago, I tweeted out, uh, I know that Charles Oliveira is nowhere near a title fight right now, but Khabib versus Oliveira would be a really interesting stylistic matchup. This was like, yeah. again, when Khabib was the champion and Oliveira was still, like, working his way back up. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't have been more right, really. I would, I would still love to see that fight. But, I mean, I think Oliveira versus Islam Makhachev is the next, big, the next best thing. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, a little funny prediction thing on my my social media i was like honestly on this fight card if you parlay anyone with the last name that ends in a v you're probably going to win some money so i mean i just think these only one yes that's the only one and i wanted to bring up that's one of the earlier fights that i saw that uh i'm gonna butcher his name olalia chuck oh olazaychuk yeah olazaychuk man that guy's amazing i, I, I loved what He's too he's too small for that weight division. He's, he's but that's why probably he's good. a welterweight. That's like, why he's good for light heavyweight. He's so much faster man. and he hits hard and he hits to the body and he's he's just a, he's a marauder. Like, I love I, I honestly man, I was more impressed with him than Peter Jan, to be honest with you. Like <laughs> I, I just liked the way he fought and he was just his style and everything. But that was the only V that would have lost on that parlay. Yeah, but, and you could have uh, just re upped it. Well, although yeah. Kopalov also lost, but he lost to another V. So uh, we, Yeah, you know. that does cancel out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Makashev, I mean, does what he does and does it well. I mean, it just sucks seeing, uh, 
we know how good Dan Hooker is, but Dan Hooker's a striker. You know, it was a striker versus grappler. I still would like to see, like, even with the Shamayevs, and I want to see. I don't like the the huge jump. I know Dan Hooker's, you know, a six, and I mean everyone in the 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 top five has almost had a shot at the belt, and it's changing up and down. But I would like to see maybe one more before Makashev gets into uh, title contention. Makashev is favored against everybody in this division, in my opinion. Like, if you were yeah. to make lines, yeah, I think he's sure. favored over Poirier, favored over Oliveira, favored over like. Whether or not that's justified, I don't know. I mean, that's something we would see in the fight. I actually think that Poirier would probably be a bad matchup for him, although we saw what Khabib did to Poirier, and I think that uh, having Khabib in Islam's back pocket is probably something that would be helpful there. I think Oliveira is not a... I think Oliveira is probably the worst matchup of anybody for Makhachev, and if he passes that test, he's going to be the champion for a long time. But uh, I just think that if you're making the lines, even if you opened Makhachev as an underdog, he'd be a favorite by the time it closed. Yeah, and and where would you like to see him go? You're matchmaking for him now. Where does he go? Well, there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall right now. Right now, you've got Poirier versus Oliveira lined up next month. You've got, this weekend, Gaethje versus Chandler. So here's yeah. here's how it goes. I think that if, if Oliveira beats Poirier okay. and Chandler beats Gaethje, Makhachev should fight Oliveira next for the title. Okay. Because we've already seen Oliveira beat Chandler and Oliveira will have beaten Poirier. If Poirier beats um, Oliveira in December, then I think the Gaethje and Chandler winner should face Poirier next. Even if it's Gaethje. I know Poirier's beaten Gaethje already, but this is kind of a different Gaethje. Okay. Um, and then you, you would have Islam probably fight the loser of one of those two fights. So either the uh, loser of Gaethje Chandler or the loser of Poirier versus Oliveira. You have him fight them next. So I think that's kind of where you, you match Islam up. Like, And then there's also Benil Darius. Islam I was gonna versus say Benil Darius, Darius would be a great fight too. Yeah, because I think, I think you need someone that's got to be – you don't want these amazing strikers with minimal grappling. You need someone who's going to test them a little bit of both ways. So and I Benil think would do that. Darius would be that guy almost. Mm-hmm. You know? Benil's actually not a great matchup for Islam also if you're just looking at it. But I think, I think Islam would beat him, but I, I just don't – like, I mean, here's the thing. Darius has phenomenal jiu-jitsu. So – Islam would really have to work his wrestling to get to a position where he's going to be able to stop Benil Darius. And I think on the feet, Darius has an, an advantage as well. Yeah, well, it's definitely shaking things up. And uh, be prepared for these Dagestani fighters just coming up through these rankings. Yeah. And uh, it's just insane to see. I mean, it in the past, I know Dana and we hated all these grapplers coming in because it was boring, but they've come in with a new style, a new game, a new MMA style of grappling that's just giving people a lot of hard problems. Yeah, finishes. and they're finishing. And that's, that's the key. Even Usman just this weekend. Everybody yeah. used to complain about Usman being boring. Nobody's saying that now. Yeah, I mean, wrestlers are starting to finish, and I think that's the key in uh, MMA these days. The old days, wrestlers would just lay and pray for the whole round. Now this evolved MMA grappling is very good positioning and pound out you know punch leave the neck choke you out so i mean they got something really good going on uh let's keep moving on down volkov beats tybura via kind of an uneventful decision i had volkov by decision as a tsn edge pick that ended up working out well um that was plus 200 hamzat shemaev what can you say about this guy didn't absorb a strike again this guy this is exactly what kamaru uzman needs is shemaev right now because if uzman wins this weekend against colby covington and we'll, we'll preview that card a little bit later on. But I, I just think that right now, Usman is out of challengers. I mean, Leon Edwards is in the mix, but Usman's beaten him already. 
So mm-hmm. what what do we what do we see here with with Kamaru Usman? We we have to look we at wait for Leon a little bit or well I mean here's the know, thing Vicente eventually if Samayev gets one big win well Vicente is an interesting one Vicente I think is a very interesting one actually but right now Usman needs somebody that's going to help elevate him and Shamayev Dana White's talking about Shamayev breaking all these social media records like there's a real fascination with this guy I haven't seen something like this since there's two two that come to mind one one is Connor. And the other one is Nganu, because you looked at how Nganu was beating everybody, these first-round finishes. And even Ronda is another comparison. Like, Hamza's entering that kind of a stratosphere where you wonder, you know, how good is this guy? And and every time you ask that question, he ends up exceeding expectations. Like, I don't think anybody thought he'd beat Li Jingling like this, where he didn't absorb a single strike, where Jingling was actually doing a really good job of stuffing the takedown, of fighting the takedowns, of fighting the chokes, and he still was able to find his way into it. So I, I just think that if Usman wants to get elevated, he needs to beat Shemaev at this point in time because Usman's gotten lucky. You know, all these guys, if you look at Woodley, Woodley was always looking for that big money fight and it never came to him in the UFC. Jake yeah. Paul eventually was basically yeah, well a big division, fight. Yeah. But yeah. he couldn't find that big money fight. He kept calling out McGregor, kept calling out the Diaz brothers, kept calling out these guys, kept calling out George St. Pierre. None of them came to him. Whereas Usman's kind of falling backwards into it because... Masvidal established himself as a star. The UFC kind of fast-tracked him to a title shot, even though, like, Stephen Thompson had beaten him at some point in time. Like, guys had beaten him, but they saw, they saw something in Masvidal where not only did they give him one shot at Usman, they gave him a second shot at Usman. So Usman was able to, to cash, cash out twice on that one. Yeah, Usman's yeah. probably comfortable now. But yeah, I still don't yeah. think Usman is a massive draw. That said... You have this Covington rematch, which I think is a good money fight for him because the first one was so good. And then you've got Shemaev waiting in the wings. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I know they're friends and they represent, you know, Africa together. But I would see Kamaro doing very good taking on Izzy as well. I, I think, think like. But at the same yeah. time, he says he doesn't I mean, want to do it. Which, yeah, but I, I mean, I understand that too. But I mean, that would be the fight maybe to get him to that star power of extra, you know, attention. Maybe, but I still think that the Shemaev fight, if Shemaev gets another big win, just one more. Yeah, but a two-division champion beating Israel Adesanya, the biggest star in UFC, and you just said it like me. I think he beats Izzy, too. I, I like, too, I mean, it's crazy. I, I just don't think he wants to do it. And if he doesn't want to do it, I don't think that, you know, like, I yeah, think I mean, that if Whitaker ends up beating Israel, then you can, you know, get him in there. But at the, at the same time, I just think that you look at Millions what, of dollars in legacy, if you want to keep a friendship for that, that's cool. I respect that. Yeah. But I think for his legacy and the way mixed martial arts in the UFC has gone, you don't really beget that true pound for pound status unless you got two titles. And I think that uh, would be the path for him to get that yeah. status. And Uzma, the one thing Usman's got to stop doing is talking about Canelo. Like, just stop mentioning it. It's not going really? to happen. Heard that. B, Canelo, he keeps Canelo talking about Canelo. Kill. He keeps saying, oh, I want to fight Canelo. I want to box Canelo. Canelo like, would kill you in the morning, lunch, and it's dinner. It's not even about that. The... It's just not going to happen. It's not going to. It's yeah. not a possibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not at all. It's not a possibility. Yeah. He's and that's gonna... the last person you'd want to fight in the real sense well, of things. Yes. Yeah, a. Canelo's not going to fight in MMA. B. I'm not saying Usman would get completely destroyed by Canelo, but he probably would. But it's in just, boxing, it's just yes, not he a would. fight. I'm going to say that he would. I'll tell him that he will. It's just not a fight. That's I'll say happen. it. Yeah. <laughs> I would get killed by Canelo in a boxing fight. And if I would get killed by Canelo in a <laughs> if you're, boxing fight, if you're fight, saying that, Kumaro would get something. obliterated. He would get destroyed. 
I'd maybe last a couple rounds. If I can last three rounds, he ain't lasting one. I know my boxing's better than Kamaru's. So, I mean, at that point there, I was like, there's no way. Yeah, well, no way. <laughs> I, he just needs to stop talking about it. It's just, it's... it's... Yeah, no, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's I mean, you try to get the hype names and I get it, but I still, I'm, I've said it even last time he fought, I feel Adesanya is his way to mega stardom if he wants it. Yeah, but again, I just think if you're looking at the metrics of Shemaev and what he's bringing to the table, like this couldn't have come at a better time for Usman because if Usman can beat I Covington, I, I think that that is such a big fight. And then if, another thing is if he loses to Covington for whatever reason, they're going to run it back again. Like it, Usman's got a lot of good options right now is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you think like a Shemaev has North American star power yes. now or is it yes. more out, uh, out east? I think, I think he's got massive star power. I think that yeah. there's a fascination about him because when you see a guy that's doing what he's doing, he's outlanded his first four opponents. What is it? I think it's 125 to one in significant strikes. Yeah, yeah. It's again, it's the Ronda, yeah. it's the Inganu factor where you're you're just like, how quickly is he going to beat this next opponent, right? And and as it gets harder and harder, like because now he's ranked number ten, you're going to start seeing him against ranked guys consistently now. And guys yeah. are guys are starting to say they want to fight him. Burns says he wants to fight him. Bilal Muhammad says like he wants that. to fight him. Yeah. Right? Like now we're starting to see people that want to face this guy. And uh, if he can just keep steamrolling these these ranked fighters, like sky's the limit for him. Now, do you with this win, the way things are going, now do you jump him up to the top? For a Gilbert Burns, or do you put him for Kamaru? Like, do you strike while it's hot and be like, "Hey, let's see if we can create something special out of him," or do you give him the even like a Michael Chiesa? Then you go Gilbert Burns. I like the idea of building him a few more fights, but we might see him lose. So, do we take this opportunity now to give him the big shot? Well, they did that with Francis Ngannou, and he lost to Stipe, right? So. Uh... That doesn't That's necessarily true, mean yeah. that Shemaev would lose, but it's they they have a history there of see of seeing how that you know what happens when you fast track somebody like that. Personally, I think that it would be better to give him one, at least one more fight, see how he does, whether it's against the Burns or a Chiesa or uh, Neil Magny is another name that's come up, somebody yeah. of that caliber. And uh, if he can steamroll them, it's like you just yeah. I I still think you need someone higher than Magny to be honest. I, I do too. I, think he, I do too. Yeah, I think he needs just above Magny. But you have so other options, I, I, right? Like you yeah. have Edwards and you have Luke. Yeah, because him and Edwards were, were originally supposed to fight. That would have been yeah. a, a good test for him. I need to see that. I mean, no, the leech is good, but I think the leech is very one-dimensional in his MMA, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I think we all knew that was going to go. I actually hit big on it. I picked first round. It didn't pay that much, but first round for oh, was, it like was plus uh, 175 or something? Yeah, it's easy pick for me. Yeah. I thought that one was easy. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to, to wait and tested. see. I wanted to see how he looked, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely passed the eye test. test. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, we can keep saying, like, let me see him tested before I believe. But he keeps showing me up. Like, I'm the first person to say as a as a true fighter in my heart, I want to punch Shamayev in the face. Like, I want to low kick him. I want to fight him so bad. Just because, like, the confidence of another welterweight saying, I'll kill everybody. I was like, hey, settle down a little bit. But... <laughs> He keeps proving me wrong. He keeps dominating the way he does, and he's gaining respect. I, I don't give respect out very easy. As you can tell from this show, you got to earn the bazooka respect. And, I mean, not, I'm not even giving it to Peter Yan yet. So, uh, Shemaev, I mean, he's close. He's really close for me to give him the uh, the respect that he, he's going to get soon. Well, here's 
what I would I will say to you about why I was hesitant. It had nothing to do with Li Jinglang. It was all about Chemayev and his layoff and the COVID. I just wanted to see how he looked. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I, I I knew that he could beat a guy this caliber, no problem, if he was as good as he was before. That's yeah. what I needed to see. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think he's probably the fighter now that we're most excited to see matched sure. up. And 100%. I'm someone who believes, and I, I, I think his path, I mean, the welterweights are tough because it's wrestling-based. And I think Shamayev is that good with his grappling that he can win the welterweight title. But I think if he wants that faster weight to the title, to be honest, it might be in the middleweight division for, sure. for him. Because the cupboard's kind of bare there, too. Like exactly. what's, what's next for... Israel after Whitaker. Yeah, Brunson, I mean, who he's already And you're beaten. looking, I was like, Brunson I look Tananier. at Shemaev's going to, I could beat all of those guys right now. <laughs> I agree with if you. If you put Shemaev versus Vittori, I mean, it could be a tough fight because Vittori's tough, but I'll probably, Shemaev will probably be a favorite in that That might well. be the toughest matchup for him out of all of them is Vittori, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think with Whitaker, he tries grappling all day with him. I think even Paulo Costa's not a, much work for him. Now he'll go to 205. I mean, I think that's the division. I mean, it might be fun to see Kelvin Gaslam, but we've seen Gaslam get submitted by Hermanson. So who knows? Well, you I'm know, glad like, people, I'm glad people's eyes are starting to open about this guy because I got ripped for saying he should be ranked after he he beat Mearshart. Yeah, I, and uh, and I think it was even after after his second fight, I said he should be ranked, and everybody's like, oh, he hasn't beaten anybody. It's like people always have to people always have to be like this guy needs to beat somebody in the rankings to be ranked. It's like no, you look at how good someone is looking. You look at you look at their upside. You look at how they're beating people, and that's just as important as who they're beating. Yeah, I think opinion. after one or two, it's tough. But I mean, four times now, you know, yeah. at four different opportunities, how we blowing through these guys, you have to put them. I mean, I think the UFC hasn't officially changed the rankings on uh, the welterweight. They have. So I'm curious 10 to see. Now. Oh, okay. Yeah, not on. Uh, not He's on language my... number ten. You gotta go to you the got TSN. You got a different page. UFC.com than I have. Look up Jeez. TSN UFC rankings because oh, we get it up TSN. fast. TSN. All right, that's it. All right, well let's move so down to Magomed Ankalaev against Volkan Uzdemir, and Ankalaev is another guy where I say he would be favored against anybody in the light heavyweight division, except for maybe Yuri Prokashka. That's that's an interesting one to me, but I think that Ankalaev would be favored against just about anybody in that division. And you know, I think that he fought, fought a smart fight. You know, Volkan has dynamite in his hands. And yeah. a lot of people are saying, yeah. why doesn't he go for the finish? Volkan's not offering anything in the third. I think that the way that he handled the third round was the best way to do it. You just like you you just take it easy. You don't need to push the you don't need to push the envelope against a guy like Volkan. Yeah, Volkan's dangerous. I mean, I was I'm one of those people who are like, let's go for the finish. I had him to finish inside the distance, so I was biased. Yeah, I had him third uh, round, buddy. So I mean, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am my uncle. I have round three plus nine fifty. So, oh, that, so believe yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was inside the distance, too. But, I mean, look good, look sharp. IQ, man. I mean, I'm one of these believers. I'm an action fighter. I want to see blood and violence. But uh, the game's evolved. IQ plays well. So, I mean, let him play smart, play safe. Um, Let him bang up for the bigger fights. I mean, when he cracks in title fights, he'll save his wars for then, maybe. Would you like to hear my two bad beats from earlier on the card that I had? Your bad beats? Yeah, a bad beat is when you you bet on something and you get like you you it it doesn't go the way that it should be going. So okay. I had I mean, Andre yeah. Petrovsky by decision was plus three forty and he won with fourteen seconds left. That oh, was my yes. first bad beat. And then I had a, a dart throw. It was a parlay of Oleg Zaychik by KO, which happened, and okay. Zaleski dos Santos inside the distance. And that was the fight where he was beating the ever loving garbage out of Benoit Saint Denis. 
and the referee didn't stop it. That was like a near death. Yeah, I did, did you see not that see fight? That. that was one of my questions for you. That we have to get into that eventually because I Let's have no idea now. what happened. I need to hear it. Oh, did you didn't see it? I didn't see it. No, I was teaching because it was the early. Oh, right, right. You mentioned this to me. Yeah, yeah I mean, you should go back and watch it if, if you'd like to watch If you're very masochistic and would like to see somebody getting yeah. beaten within an inch of his I life. I just want to see what the – was it as bad as people were yes. saying? To hear the yes. one of the first – I know they said it happened in the past, but he – The referee got pulled from the card. Like, it was bad. from the card, yeah. So it was – I'll go back and rewatch it. But give me your quick analysis on it. Like what was happening that made it that bad to he could watch? Have, he could have stopped the fight six times in the second round. Like out on his feet I or... was Out on his feet. I was knocked down. Everything you'd want to see from a fighter that's done. Yeah. And the good thing – and here's the thing about Benoit Saint-Denis. He's like – I think he's like a part of the armed French armed forces. Yeah, so he has like torture training forces. and stuff. Like he, he was – he's notoriously tough. And he was fighting through. Like he, he kept fighting. But he was out several times in that second round. And and any good referee would have stopped it. And Mark, you could see Mark Goddard outside the cage, looking like he was panicking, because he was like he was the head, lead official that night, and he has to sit there and watch this this referee, this bonehead, not stop the fight. And then to make matters worse, in the third round, Zaleski dos Santos lands a, an unintentional groin strike, and then the guy takes a point. Like takes there was no point. warning, That's nothing. That's what I heard too. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I like I, this guy should never referee a UFC card again. So, I mean, the commission would have booted him off the card at that point, yes. right? Yes. And they said, yeah, good, good. Ownership. And I think the same thing with judges, too. Like, if you're judging and everyone has the fight, you know, 30-27 and you go the other way 30-27, get off the damn card, you know? Like, it's ridiculous. Well, sometimes, I can see, sometimes rounds are really, really cl- close across the board. That doesn't bother me quite as much unless it's completely egregious. But in this situation, like – this, but that was a life-altering beating that he took. Like that's going to affect his quality of life, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to rewatch that. It's probably going to piss me off, but uh, I'll still watch it. Yeah. Well, count how many times you say "stop the fight." When I'm watching yeah. it. Yeah. When you're watching and you Jeez. think it should be stopped, say "stop the fight" and count it on your fingers. And did you then okay. get back to me next week when we talk about it? Like you can just circle back with me and we can discuss it. Okay. So that, that's basically the rest of the card. I mean, there's not, not much else I want to talk about on, on that. Anything stand out to you? Did no, you watch just, any of the films uh, or no? Uh, just the one. I clipped it because uh, I, I don't know if I should say this, but as I was kind of driving home, I had it playing on the, the the console on the bottom. So I was kind of listening, and that's why I got to see the uh, – Ola- say it for me, please. The Oliachuk. Yeah, that's where I got to see that one. That's one of the only one. And then the time I went to underground, I missed that uh, St. Denis fight. <laughs> I've yeah. listened to it in my fight, in my car before, but no, I don't watch it. Yeah, I, I glanced down on red lights, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm safe. Okay. I'm oh. safe. But I, I, I wanted to at least hear and get as much as I could on the on those prelims. All right. Well, that's uh, UFC 267. Uh, did, was there any other any other combat sports this past weekend that I'm forgetting about? Cedric uh, Dubé had his debut on. Uh, did you watch Dubé, Cedric yeah. Dubé's uh, debut? Yeah, as expected, blasted him out with well, actually, uh, like, some he, good. The other punches. guy gave him a challenge, though. The other guy was throwing some good stuff at him. I just saw the finish. I didn't see the. Okay, whole the, yeah, the other guy was shooting takedowns. First round. Yeah, it was a first round finish, at the end of the first round. But the guy actually was was throwing some interesting looks at him to to see what Dubé had in terms of takedown defense. Like you got to see a lot of his development okay. in that fight. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's uh, keep pressing him up because I'm sure he needed one or two, and I'm. I mean, 
it's kind of sucks that the contender series is done, but maybe next year in the contender series or maybe before that we might see him. But I mm-hmm. think uh, a contender series would be fun for him. And shout out to Johan Linus for the win yesterday. Right before the fight, I said Linus inside the distance at plus 700 seems wild to me. And then like three minutes later, he wins inside was the distance. Was that the Canadian kid? Yeah. That's that guy's a killer. That guy's been great on the regional scene, and he was like a he was a four to one underdog in that fight. I was I was thinking like, who's coming up with the line for this? Like, did he have extra long arms? Like, this is arms like eight feet long. Like, I couldn't his reach, his weird awkward power. Like, kid's dangerous. Man. He's he's a good fighter, man. Like, he, he's gonna be a guy that gets a lot of wins in the UFC. Like, he trains under Patrick Cote. And uh, just his aggression and his confidence is like yeah. he's going to be a tough guy to be. Another if confidence. He, he needs to set it up, though. He needs to set that up a little bit more for me. Like use his jab a little bit more than rip it, but uh, mix some kicks in. But he's going to do great. Well, I think I can put I really you in touch like with him. Maybe he can come out and drive to you. Yeah, it would be good. Maybe I'll reach out because he's so his aggression, his passion. Like that's a that's a guy that uh, I'd like to have and work with. Yeah, reach out to a Pat Cote. Do you do? Uh, are you in touch with Pat Cote? Uh, no, I am not. Okay, well, but, I can uh, put you in touch with Pat. He's a, he's a good dude. My colleague over at RDS. Yeah, yeah. He does his uh, Francais commentary. Yeah. I think he was down there for uh, the corner, Linus, but I, didn't, I don't, don't recall seeing him. Anyhow, yeah, I think he was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was there. But, uh, yeah, I, I was just shocked that uh, it was plus 700 for him to win inside the distance. This guy's destroying guys in the first round in all of his fights. Uh, anyhow, let's continue. I mean, the guy he fought had a really good resume. I'm not trying to take anything away from his opponent, but I mean, to give that that guy four four to one against four a one, lot of yeah. UFC guys, it would be a, a steal. Yeah, but good on him. Another Canadian. We had there was two Canadians on that card, wasn't there? Yeah, Achilles Estimadura lost in the main event, and he was like a five to one favorite. He was the biggest favorite on the card. Yeah, and it was the young kid from China yeah, who ended up Mahashate. winning, right? Yeah, it was tough. Twenty one years old. Yeah, Dang. very tough. Yeah, and I think that uh, good. Achilles was out on his feet for a lot of that fight after he oh, yeah. took that flying knee in the second. Yeah, oh yeah. He got saved by the cage there. If he, if there was no cage there, I think that fight's over. Oh yeah, would have just fell I think he right goes down. down and yeah. Yeah, tough fight. Uh, so this weekend's card is a phenomenal card. I'm going to be heading mm-hmm. to New York tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. My first time on an airplane so. and since March 2020. So uh, yeah, wish me luck. There you go. Uh, it's a, you'll you'll honestly, you go to the airport. And you'll be like, oh, my God, this is so different. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, eh, it's the same. That's no kind of how I feel about – I went to Wonderland with my son recently. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, just it takes a, a couple minutes to click in and yeah. then you're good. You realize it. I mean, you're not on a long flight, but sitting on an eight-hour flight to Amsterdam with a mask sucks. But mm-hmm. uh, for an hour, you know, it'll be quick. You yeah. won't even notice it. Well, I said to my wife, I was very surprised when I went to Wonderland because when I go to Wonderland or really anywhere in public – I get annoyed with people. Like little, yeah, I'm like too. Larry David. Like little things will annoy me. Yeah, yeah. How people behave. It's me in life, not even Wonderland. That's me in life. When I was in Wonderland, <laughs> not a single person annoyed me the whole time I was there. And and you're talking about like a new world where people you you have expectations of what people are going to be yeah. wearing and how they're going to be behaving themselves. Everybody was good. Like everyone was surprised nicer. me. <laughs> Stay I be- six feet away from me. I don't want you near me, anyways. Go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I came. I I went into it with very like with the expectation I was going to be annoyed at some point in time, but I wasn't. For it sure. was great. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that happens a lot. So yeah, I get it, especially now with COVID, I get annoyed quite a bit. Well, so. let's move on to UFC 268. Main event, rematch, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. You know, last time around, Usman was a minus 190 favorite. This time around, he's a minus 290 favorite. We've seen a lot more from Usman since that last fight. Covington has only fought once. Uh, he beat Tyron Woodley with a, a fifth-round finish. 
Joe, how do you think this one goes? This is a very, very competitive fight, and I think that uh, Colby Covington, in my opinion, is like the number two guy behind Usman, like consensus number two guy in this division. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Good number two. I just haven't seen a lot from him since. So, I mean, I think I'm leaning pretty heavily towards Kamaro just based on that, to be honest with you. I mean, I think we've seen Kamaro, one, striking get a little, I'd say quite a bit better. You know, his striking got better, his IQ defensively gets hit a little bit less, and he still has the that wrestling in his back pocket. So I just think uh, Camaro's on a nice tear, good focused again. I think he gets it done, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a war. Kobe will come to fight. So um, I think either late finish for Camaro or Camaro decision. Yeah, I took Usman um, for my dart throw. Usman round four is plus 1,000. Usman round yeah. five is plus 1,500. I agree with the later finish for That's sure. That's where I think it happens. Otherwise, I think Covington could push him in a decision. Like, it could go either way if it goes to, to the scorecards. I think Covington is that good. And I think that uh, if you're going to bet this straight up, the, the value's on Covington here at plus 240 or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You, to get almost minus 300 for Camaro is not worth it. What's so, yeah. going at now? Let's take a look. Yeah, you're getting it. Kamaru's minus 350 in some spots. You can get Covington yeah. as high as plus 265. So, I mean, it, it's not a coin flip fight. I still think that Usman has the advantages, but I mean, Covington's got that motor. He's got he's got good striking. He's got good wrestling. Like, I think this fight's going to be similar to the last one, where it's going to be mostly stand up. I but, agree. But Covington yeah. might try to push a, a takedown in there and switch up looks a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, if it's going to be like last time, stand up, Kamaru getting better with it. I mean. So, I mean, I think uh, the line is uh, very high, but justifiable since we haven't seen Kobe as active. Uh, the co-main event, Rose Namajunas, is a, a slight underdog actually now against Yang Zhang Veili. Zhang Veili minus 120. Rose Namajunas plus 100. I just think Rose has her number. I think that Rose is going to uh, be able to find a way to win this fight. She has more ways to win this fight, in my opinion. I think that she can outstrike her. I think she, she could finish her on the feet. And I also think that if it gets to the ground, uh, she could find the sub. And I think that plus 600, there's good value there. But... Uh, I would just take Namayuna straight at plus 100. I think that she's a good underdog yeah. play here. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I like Rose, her style, her philosophy, her martial arts principles. I think she's great. But Wei Li, I, from watching a lot of the pre-stuff, she looks like she's focused on her strength. I don't know if it's the short hair now that make her makes her look a little bit more stocky and aggressive looking. And I don't know. I think she's uh, dialed in. I'm interested, to be honest, how working with Cejudo improved her game a little bit. I think that's interesting to get a fighter like him who's you know very well-versed in grappling and striking and movement. So... I think it's going to be a good fight. I think uh, I don't think Rose is going to be able to put her out as easy. So I'm thinking more Rose by decision, to be honest with you. Yeah, Rose by decision uh, is certainly a possibility. It's, it's very similar, actually, when you, Rose fought Joanna. The first time they fought, Joanna was like a 7-1 to one favorite, and Rose ended up getting that first-round finish. And then the second time they fought, it's a similar situation to this, where Joanna was like a slight favorite in the rematch. And I think that's kind of what's happening here with Zhang. And Rose ended yeah. up winning the rematch. So... Uh, eager to see how this one goes. I think that uh, it would do wonders for the career of, of Zhang Veili if she's able to get this one back. But uh, I'm not super confident on it. In fact, I'm not really super confident yeah. on either end. I, you know, I did my TS on edge picks. I didn't pick either of them um, yeah. in terms of a recommended Too close. Play. Yeah, it's tough. Like if, I I'm, mean, if you... I'm forced to make a pick, I would go with Rose. But I, I don't have yes. a strong read on it. Yeah, and I think just me, I'm a little bit more biased towards Rose too. But uh, yeah, it's one of those. I think we're in for a, just an enjoyable fight. Yeah, kind of a coin flip fight, I think, at this point in time. And uh, 
last time around, I liked Wei Li against uh, Rose. I think I had picked Wei Li to win uh, decision, if I'm not mistaken, last time, but I, I can't remember offhand. Uh, or I didn't make a pick at all because I know how good Rose is. But yeah, very eager to see how this one goes. Uh, Justin Gaethje is a minus 210 favorite against Michael Chandler, who's about plus 175. Uh, I, I like the Gaethje side here. I think Gaethje finds a finish at some yeah, point really. in this fight. I, I don't know. I, I just find, I like, part of me thinks this is a, a coin flip. This is a pick em. Um, I know they're leaning towards Gaethje on the betting odds, but I think Michael Chandler is not just going to be there to be hit. I think the way he closes his distance, uh, maybe faint with the level changes, I think it'll be uh, a closer fight than what the odds are showing, to be honest. Well, Gaethje by KO is plus 100. Chandler by KO is plus 460. <laughs> like, what's, a, what's a Chandler by decision? Because it's three rounds, right? It's three rounds, right. Yeah, Chandler by decision is plus 460. And Gaethje by decision is plus 460. So if you think it's going to go the distance, and the funny thing is... I think so, because the they're both big power. Yeah. Yeah, if I go to a decision, it's plus 200. So I guess that makes sense then. Yeah, I mean, Michael Chandler is a stance switcher, so he's not going to leave his lead leg for Gaethje to hit. He's going to be switching his stance. I think he's going to try to capitalize on Gaethje kicking with some counter punching, which is one of Chandler's best attacks, and switching and cracking those shift and pops. And I mean... I don't know. I think it's a tough one. I think this, in my eyes, one of the most uh, more exciting fights on the card for me. Well, Joe, if you want to throw a couple dollars down on, on something here, here's an interesting one for you. Draw is plus 5,000. And the reason why I say a that yeah, is because these are guys that can get 10-8 rounds, right? Yeah. If you've got a yeah. guy that gets a 10-8 round and then loses two rounds, that, at plus 5,000? I mean, a draw... Usually yeah. you don't bet draw props, but fifty to one, hey, throw a couple bucks yeah. on it. This one, yeah, this one's close. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the minus one eighty for Gaethje here, but it's minus uh, two twenty for Gaethje. Minus two twenty now, okay. The UFC, I guess it's a little older, but more money coming in on Gaethje. So yeah, I don't, I'm not sold on that line. Now this is obviously the fight to look forward to this weekend. Uh, you know, we have the two title fights, but if if somebody said I'm going to lock you in a room and you can only watch one of the fights on this card, it's going to be Gaethje Chandler. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. As good as I, Usman I, Covington could be, I just Gaethje Chandler is like that's a recipe for for success. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. That's my answer too. I was trying to justify something else. Nope, Gaethje and Chandler. And hey, if you want Gaethje Chandler light right before it, Burgos versus Quarantillo. <laughs> Yeah. Burgos will always be in a good fight. Yeah, Burgos will always be in a good fight. But Billy Quarantino, he he moved up fast, eh? He's good. He he's moved up very very. He has one quick, loss. I think it was the Gavin Tucker was his one loss. But he's uh, he's just a fun. He's a good action fighter. He's he he's durable and he's dangerous everywhere. And Burgos is the same thing. Yeah, I gotta ride with my boy Burgos here. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for that one as well. Yeah, this is this is an interesting one. I, I did have a TSN edge pick on this one, which was fight does not go the distance at plus one hundred. I just think you're both talking guys, Burgos and Billy there. Yeah, yeah. I just think no, both I, guys are so diverse in their attacks, and they're such good finishers that that that's the way I would look at this one. Is that the fight? Yeah. And go Burgos will go out on his shield, and right. we know that. And so will Billy. You know, yeah, Burgos will go out if he has to. So that's a nice that's a nice pick. Uh, Marlon Vera minus one seventy, Edgar plus one forty. Uh, probably where this line should be I, I think that this is kind of the last chance for edgar to show that he still is a top fighter in the u.s like is, is still a top 10 caliber fighter in the bantamweight division yeah. one of my little dart picks here would be frankie edgar decision but that, i don't think it pays much i looked i was looking no? at that one actually edgar decisions plus 260 oh not bad but i mean it, and vera decisions plus one at that point you might just pick edgar to just win straight up then right you know exactly 
But, Although uh, I don't yeah. see Edric getting a finish in this fight, so maybe the decision no. prop is going to buy you some extra value. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Edgar can edge up the decision. I think that's where uh, my gut's leading to. What's the Edgar, uh, like, if spread on this? Is there a spread on this one? Like a plus, like a rounds prop? No, not yet. Usually those come out later in the... Uh, later in the week. In, in the week, yeah. Well, here's a good one. Oh, never mind. I'm looking at the wrong... I'm looking at the wrong side. Never mind. Scratch that. All right. Uh, let's move down. Alex Pereira. Minus Ooh, 250 against Andreas Nicolidis. I had a TSN edge pick on this one. Pereira inside the please, distance. Please. I was going to say, if there's anything other than Pereira by finish, I mean, you, I'm going to quit the show, Aaron. That's it. I'm it's done. like even money if Pereira wins inside the distance. So you, I mean, you take that. Yeah. You take that every day of the week. You have to take it. Yeah. Because he's a minus, what, 250? Maybe it's changed minus now. but yeah. Yeah, you got to go with uh, Pereira inside the distance. He might take his time in the first round, and you might be like, Alex, come on, man. Whip some punches. Then all of a sudden, boom, the touch of death comes, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, Michaelidis is sleeping. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Pereira will offer. I don't th- I don't see Pereira going three rounds in MMA really with anybody. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no. You'd have to no. take one heck of a beating to survive three rounds with Alex Pereira. So unless, crazy, unless, it's there, unless it's like he loses a decision to like a grappler or something, but you know. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way you're going to have a chance. But I think even in that middleweight division, I think he's going to three three fights away and before we probably see him in uh, near an Izzy, right, Izzy my, scrap. My favorite TSN edge pick is coming right up. We got Bobby Green minus 170, Ally Akinta plus 135. Green, uh, sorry, Ayakinta by decision I was is say plus 300. Yeah, that's, that's... is not going to get a finish in this fight, in my opinion. And Bobby Green, I don't think, is going to get a finish. I think this, like, what the odds for it to go to the scorecards is minus 250 for fight goes to a decision. So do you think that Bobby Green is that much better than Ayakinta? That Bobby Green no. by decision is like plus 100. Ayakinta is plus 300. Yeah. That's the best I value mean, on the card. I agree. That's, that's, a, that's a perfect. I, I'm a big Bobby Green. Uh, that's my... Uh, that's one of my guys I kind of watch, and I'm always like, he's probably the best striker in the UFC. Now, I mean, that's like just technical striker. Te- yeah, I mean, with his boxing is probably the. Everyone talks about you know Rob Font's got great hands. I don't know what was the other. I mean, but Bobby Green, the way he rolls, uses the Philly shell, counter switches. I think he's the most technical boxer in the UFC. But you do like my ally Akinta by decision. I do like the uh, <laughs> yes because he's lacking some other things. I think Bobby's Green got the IQ, the distance, the box in the hands. But I think Al's pressure, grappling, durability thinks he can just. I think he can close the distance and just hold him in for a, you know, a, a close. It, it's it, it's going to be one of these. It's going to be split decision win for Al or something like that. Not to mention yeah. we're at the MSG, so I mean Al's going to have the crowd behind him. Yeah, and but, that uh, can sway judges. Bobby Green's my guy. I've, I've been talking about his striking abilities for years now. I mean, I really enjoy watching his style. All right, interesting one here. Nasruddin Imovov, minus 122. Edmund Shabazian, plus 100. I, I, I think this is a dog or pass. I think you take Edmund here. And what's the Edmund inside prop? Is that is that, that a good one? Edmund inside is plus 230. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's worth a look. But Imovov is a very good fighter. Um, we'll have to see how this one looks. But I, I, I think anytime you can get Shabazian inside the distance at like that high of a price, you just kind of take it and hope for the best because that, this guy's like, like hands. Why, why aren't we building a young stud like Shabazian up enough? Well, because they're tried and he's losing. Yeah, but I mean, like, look who he's fighting. I feel like his matchups have been very tough. And I mean, he's great, but I mean, I think there's 
a little bit more of a strategic way to build up someone, I think, because I think he's good. I think, I mean, I don't remember which show. It may have been Ariel Hawani talking about Shabazian almost like um, who came in with a lot of hype and then got derailed. No, there's a couple fighters. Um, Darren Till. Yeah, Darren right, Till right. was a great comparison where it's like Darren Till kind of rise to the occasion a little bit more and then on the big fights. But he, I think he just needs that little bit of time to develop. But they kind of gave mature. that to him, right? Like he, lost, he won a split decision in his debut he, against Darren Stewart as a tough fighter. But then he, he was destroying guys, three first-round knockouts in a row, one of whom was against Brad Tavares, who's incredibly durable and big is time, a ranked yeah. fighter. And that's how you push him. Like the, you, you, you slowly build what him up. And then his as last soon as he got he had to two in a row, now, he's right? lost two in a row. He got to Derek Brunson and lost that one. And then Derek Jack Brunson Hermanson. Now look what he's doing. Those are good matchups for for Edmund. Like Hermanson's a good matchup for Edmund. So is Brunson in terms of like guys that he could probably finish if, if things went his way. Yeah, but so Hermanson top of the division. Brunson now top of the division. Like right. I don't know. I think as a young kid, the little bit of a strategic buildup for him would have been better. So this but, is kind I mean, of a good I, fight because this is you're, you're facing a guy on the cusp of being ranked in Imavov, and you're. But the he's also here. a grappler, no? Imavov, no. He's, he's he's a bit of a mix. He's a, uh, he's more of a striking based fighter, I'd say. Okay, perfect. Then. Yeah, I don't think let that's the V at the Shibazian end of the game needs, right? Put him with another mid level striker, like I don't know. What about him in uh, eventually what? Just feed him to Israel, uh, Alex Pereira. Yeah. Just give him Alex Pereira next, you know? Why not? Well, Imavov is uh, Imavov trains with like Cyril Gan and those guys in France. Like he's I think he's just he's more of a striking base fighter. So we'll see. That should be okay. interesting. He's more of a technical striker. He's not a guy that gets a lot of finishes. So let's see how that one goes. All right. And then Ian Gary, I believe he's got a lot of attention too yes. lately, no? Ian Gary is like 21 or 22 years old, Cage Warriors champion. He actually had a weird situation last time when he fought in Cage Warriors, fighting for the belt. And he had a falling out with his team during fight week. His team left, basically, left him. And he had to, like, find cornermen that week. And he ended up Jeez. getting a win. And now he's in the UFC. He's, he's moved to Florida. I think he's training at Sanford MMA now. And uh, fighting against Jordan Williams is a big debut for him. Yeah, I mean, I've even, like, I usually don't hear about these up-and-comers. But I've heard a lot of good things about him. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a good opportunity for him. Uh, you've got Phil Hawes, minus 350 against Chris Curtis, finally making it to the UFC, plus 265. Do you remember the I'm... name Chris Curtis? If I say Chris Curtis, does that mean anything to you? No. So I he... need to see a picture. So he was in the, the PFL. Okay. And he lost the fight, I believe it was to, you know that guy Magomed Karamov? Yeah. He lost to Magomed Karamov in the, like, uh, in the semifinals. And he retired after he lost. And Magomed Karamov ended up getting injured in that fight. And then they called him to fight later on in the in the day against Ray Cooper the third. They called him like he was at the buffet or something. Like he had, yeah. he was like <laughs> in the he was eating something. And then they called him. They were like, hey, you know, your opponent who just beat you just fell out of the tournament. We need you to come back. And he came back and fought again and lost that fight and retired. And this is Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis, yeah. The is action he training man. with Strickland. Sorry. Does he train with Sean Strickland? Yeah, I think he trains in Vegas. Okay. So he okay. ended up. Um, he ended up basically retiring again, and then he's he came back. He was a guy that also had a, a highlight reel knockout on the Contender Series and didn't get signed. So, like, this guy's been trying and trying and trying to get to the UFC, and then he was called on short notice to face Phil Haas. Phil decided not to take the fight, but then they just moved it to this date a couple weeks later, and here we are. So, shout All out right. to Chris Curtis. That's, that's, that's resilience okay. right there. There you go. Another fight that uh, surprised me. I, is this a last notice? Jacoby on the card? Yeah, Dustin Jacoby ended up filling in for um, dude who trains with Stipe, uh, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. He's facing John uh, Alon, 
who's who am I? What's the guy? Uh, Alexa Kamer. Alexa Kamer pulled out, and then Justin Jacoby's facing uh, John uh, John Alon now. And uh, that's yeah. a, this is an interesting one. I Jacoby's a big favorite, but John Alon can strike. He's he's a he's a pretty powerful puncher. So that I, if you're going to take an underdog, John Alon is an interesting look. Yeah, I I can't entertain that. Jacoby's my boy. I, I know. can't do that. Glory, I've known him from Glory Nine. We've mm-hmm. known each other, so we've been riding and dining and kickboxing for many years, so i got to roll with him. All right, well, we'll see how that one goes. But, yeah, it's a short-notice fight, but that's uh, an interesting one. And Melzik Bagdasarian, this is a guy I'm very high on. He was supposed to face TJ Laramie, who ended up getting injured and having to pull out of the card. So now Bagdasarian's facing uh, Bruno Souza, a newcomer to the UFC. Th- another TSN edge pick for me was Bagdasarian uh, inside the distance at plus 160. That's uh, an mm-hmm. interesting one. It seems like this is a, a full card, which is nice. Yeah, this is a this We're is a getting a lot of fights on this weekend. All right. So, anything else uh, on this card stand out to you? I know uh, you got Jean Vellante against Chris Barnett. I'm surprised Jean Vellante is such a small favorite in this one. I think he should win this one. I and, still uh, can't believe he's a heavyweight. Yeah. And you got Ode <laughs> Osborne against uh, Dana White Contender Series winner CJ Vergara. So that's yeah. what you got there. A lot of excitement, but... Uh, Nothing more exciting for me, to be honest, is to see uh, Alex Perer in there. I think that's my uh, final take on that card. For me, knowing Alex so well and seeing how kickboxers do in MMA and UFC is uh, obviously something I enjoy to see. And so um, I'll be tuned in, like zoned in on that fight. Yeah, I might but, just uh, blind bet Pereira by knockout in every single one of his fights, <laughs> yeah. like, regardless of the yeah. opponent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I think this is a good card. Um, and it's finally at a time I can watch all of them, so I will be tuned in. And I'm honestly, Aaron, I'm excited for you. I know how much uh, you um, love going to the live events. It's been long for you. And what do you think your most ex- excited moment for this weekend coming up is going to be? You know, I haven't really thought about it. I'm just excited to get back there and see a lot of old friends and see you know a lot of colleagues, see the UFC PR team in, in person who I always love dealing with. Um, and, uh, you know, just being with the fighters again and seeing them face-to-face and asking them questions face-to-face, like, just getting my feet wet again, really. It's, it's, I don't really have a, a, a singular thing I'm looking forward to. It's more just the experience of getting back out there. I think that is kind of um, what, what we're looking for. I mean, every UFC event I've gone to, I mean, the amount of networking and talking and meeting of teams and coaches and fighters, and that to me is the highlight of it. And I mean, you do interviews every week. So, I mean, seeing these guys in person, shaking their hand, talking to them, and then next time you do an interview, I just feel like the interview shows get that much better. Yeah, I, 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 that's kind of what I'm really looking forward to most is like I feel like I'm kind of stuck in a cycle here just from being yeah, here doing yeah. these remote interviews. It's starting to uh, become redundant, yeah. so I think that going out on the road is going to be uh, just a will give me kind of a, a breath of fresh air. And I'm back planning in, on going to cards going forward. Like I'm planning on going to Vegas in December, Anaheim in January. Like it's re- kind of right back on on the yeah. horse. You get a break from the kids and family as well. You get a little breather. I won't let you answer that one, but yes. No, I mean it's it's going to be yeah. tough actually because I've been at home every day, right? Like so, being away from my family for it's gonna be that hard. amount of time yeah. is going to be different. Yeah, it'll be hard, but I'm sure um, you'll just appreciate that little break and then just be that much better at home, too. And I told my wife, if she needs a break during the day, just put the tablet in front of my daughter and call me. And, and let it go. I'll, there I'll, you I'll go. I'll watch her for 30 minutes. Yeah, you babysit. You can do virtual babysitting now. Come on. If school, if kids can learn at school, they can. you can do babysitting at school. Yep. If you want, I'll charge uh, what minimum wage is going up. So $15 an hour, I'll babysit <laughs> online for you, Aaron, if that helps. Remote babysitting? That's, that's a new Remote service that you're offering? That's well, it, you do yeah. remote training already, right? So There you go. So might as well add some babysitting to bazookatraining.com. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Joe, great catching up with you. Uh, we'll talk next week. Uh, we can recap UFC 268. And then next week, we got, an, we got another big main event. It's Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez next week. Jeez, Speaking of Max, rolling. shout out to Max. Him and my son had the same Halloween costume. Hey, well, I saw Ninja, right? Or something Ta- like Tanjiro that. from uh, Demon Slayer. Tanjiro. You watch okay. anime, Joe? No, I do not. It seems like it's part of well, A lot of people in MMA love anime. I, I haven't I been able I know, to get I know into it Israel. myself. But my son my thing it. is, uh, my rant this year for Halloween was, I'm like, why are people, this is just a funny rant, but why are people if having a Halloween costume that people don't know who it is? What's the point of it? If, if you have to show me a picture of who you're dressed up as, I'm like, that's not a good costume. It might be good to you, but I need, if I see you like, oh, you're this, that's why it's a good costume. But if you have, look, I'm this character from a movie that nobody ever sees. Yeah, but Joe, you're not, not, a great costume. you're not like a beacon of pop culture, Joe. Like, I'm, I hate to call you out here. No, like, call me out. I like it. It's true, though. <laughs> it's honestly true. But like, if somebody was just like Ozzy Osbourne, would you know who Ozzy Osbourne was or what he looked like or anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. I, <laughs> I, I kind of have an understanding. I know who it is. He actually came to my title fight. That's how I know. Oh, he was really? in, uh, yeah. Did you meet him? Uh, I believe so. I don't know. I was probably concussed after. It was real fun to watch. But he was there, yeah. I probably I met so many. Was it Leave Shriver was there? Oh, wow. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, I met him after. He was with an annoying woman who kept trying to offer me beer that I didn't want because I was concussed and I just wanted water, and she was very annoying. So that's how I remember my encounter with him. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I met a lot of people that weekend. But, uh, yeah, don't dress up in a costume that people don't know. That's my rant of the, well, the, of the week. Can you, were you at, like, Halloween parties? You live in a condo. It's not like kids are coming to your door. No, no. I'm just, I mean, like, just seeing people in public or posting about it. I was like, I mean, there's different ways to do it. I get it, but... To do a random costume of someone like maybe ten people in the world has watched this movie, so no, that was my rant. Mm-hmm. I just so. up as a chicken, so I mean, you know. Yeah, everyone knows a chicken. Yeah. There you go, yeah, big chicken. See, I like it. I'm yeah, into I sat, it. We, I sat on my uh, front my front porch and just handed out. We do full size chocolate bars here at the Abronstetter household. Oh, you guys yeah. don't mess around. You know what, I would since, have went in five different costumes to your house. I would have kept changing around the corner and keep coming. You know what? Since since I became a home, homeowner and I was making very little money in media early on in my career, you made uh, sure. Always been a full full bar house. I said to my oh, wife, we, I, I put down, uh, house. put the flag in the ground, and said, "This is what we're going to be doing." I always loved going to the like full bar that. house when I was a kid. Yeah, I always wanted yeah. to be the full bar house. Yeah, you're not giving out toothbrushes. No, or I apples? gave out Play-Doh actually to the, the really young kids. Play-Doh, Play-Doh and fun. a full chocolate bar. Well, I I would think honestly like. Going to the dollar store sometimes and little toys for the kids could be fun too. You know, I don't know. Just you know what? Don't let, of, they don't got let anybody ever. Chocolate bars. We're not going to let anybody ever tell me that I didn't give back to my community. Every year on Halloween. There, there you go. Give back to the community. Now, was this year busier than other years? Or well, did this you is find my first it year in a new house. So, okay, yeah, true. it was so busier. We had like probably 75 kids come through. Damn, that's a lot of chocolate bars. Damn. You had enough for everyone? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had enough for everybody, and uh, I sat on the patio and um, you know watched, like watched the football game on my phone, waiting for kids to come. It was great. My kids went trick or treating with my wife, so beautiful, it was wonderful. Yeah, I like it. All right, well, Joe, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca/ufc.